Welcome to Summer Bays, the unofficial home and away podcast brought to you by Clara Kavner, where I take a weekly look at the trials and those big old tribulations of Australia's most beloved surfer town, Summer Bay. Each week I do a deep dive into the week's events and discuss dilemmas our characters are very good at finding themselves in, like, was emotionally blackmailing your brother into getting a surgery really a good idea? Or is having an affair with the, <laughs> the wife of the detective who is investigating the crime you committed? Get ready to feel closer each day to home and away. Now before I get started I just want to share a top tip that really enhances your home and away viewing and that is no spoilers. Just don't look at what's coming up on tomorrow's episode. Don't watch that little show promo for the next day. It's really tempting, but it's so worth it. It's a total game changer. You won't see some of the twists and turns coming. Honestly, I couldn't recommend it more. Just try it for a week and see. Okay, so kicking things off with Senior Constable Colby Thorne and his live grenade that is Taylor, Angela Rosetta's wife, who he has just kissed. Now, post-kiss, I think, like, in hindsight, the kiss was coming. I can't say I really predicted it to happen this fast. Of course she's a massage therapist, and of course she has to repay all the help that he's giving her. But, like, Angelo is is extremely focused on the case and neglects her so much. The day that she came in to the station and she looked smoking hot in that black dress, Angelo did not look up from his computer. And then he goes, glad you found something to keep you entertained. When she's like, no, this is my job and I'm getting clients. Then just like runs off. And do you notice he never kisses her on the on the lips? He's only ever kisses her on the cheek. Obviously, because she's saving all her proper kisses for Mr. Colby. But still, it's, I don't know, something to note, I think. So you can kind of see he's really driven her into the arms of Colby. But she, <laughs> so when Bella kind of walks into her own apartment, which she has every right to do, and Colby kind of like jerks up from the couch... And it really looked like he was butt naked and they were like, I thought that they were having sex. But anyway, luckily when Taylor pops up, they weren't. I really thought that that was the road it went down. I was like, whoa, that was fast. And the innocence of Bella being like, who's the new girl? And then Dean and Willow had to tell her that it's Angela's wife. It was just for a second there, it could have been like, oh, this is a new little, just from Bella's point of view, oh, this is just a new little turn of events, you know. Colby's finally moving on from his ex wife and moving away from the case, but no, he's actually getting weirdly involved in the case. So Colby begins and continues to ignore his family, telling him not to pursue things with Colby he kind of justifies it being like we need to get info of the case and he is proven a little bit right with the discovery of the car and now he knows that it's gone in for forensics via Taylor so in a way I suppose Colby I suppose it begs the question like okay obviously morally this is so wrong ethically this is even more wrong but it is kind of helping them with the case I don't know. Now that he's been locked out of all the case files and Angelo really hates him. And Colby just, the crazy eyes come back again. He's like a dog with a bone that just won't let go. And he's like, this is mine. And creepiest moment of the week goes to Colby when he gets off the phone and he's like, guys, we have amazing news. And when, when he says there were no traces of Ross, no hair, no blood, No gunshot residue, no single fibre of clothing, nothing. 
Turns out we did a pretty good job of hiding that body. And he's like, guys, this is good news. And Bella and Willow are horrified. Gold star for you. Yes, you did the best at murdering my dad. Poor Bella. And I think, like, I love when Willow was like, do you have any idea with how, with how creepy you sound? Still is her dad at the end of the day. And just the way, oh, it was just Colby. You have gone full feral into this. He's so persistent in trying to get away with it that he's lost all sight of the wider picture, shall we call it? Like pretending to be Rosetta on that phone call to forensics. Clever, but he's kind of just risking it all. And he's so unbridled at the moment. And all these shouting matches that they're getting into in the house, all Rosetta needs to do is walk up the stairs and he would hear them basically confessing that they did it like just the shouting match that he has with the two girls was so intense that I just feel like the diner is probably shaking with how loud they're all being so surely that would be the way that they get caught it's just so silly but now I think cracks are starting to form in this family because Willow's kind of starting to get really fed up and saying to Dean like you go into bat for Colby 24-7 and you're you're the one who gets burnt like every time like Dean went to prison for Colby and like if they get caught Dean didn't want to do any of this and he'll go to prison and especially when they're not acting like a team Colby's gone so rogue that it's very hard to remember what they're fighting for I think also when Bella says he's not going to stop and all this time I thought I would be the one to put you all in jail but it's actually going to be him are they thinking about abandoning ship is there a crack forming there Look, Colby has gone fully off the Richter scale, but what he is doing is kind of working at the moment. But what Colby can't see, because he's so focused on getting as much information as he can and staying on top of the case, that his whole family are really annoyed at him and now starting to have doubts. And because Colby is so focused on almost proving his point, he can't see any of these cracks. So... You wonder, I just don't know which way it's going to go. Could the crack in the case come from Angelo doing his job properly? Or will it come from a crack amongst the family? Now, before I get to Dean and Ziggy's relationship issues, just going to go through other comings and goings of the bye. So Mackenzie has made her love triangle even smaller by moving in with the Paradas. After her bit of bad life at Min, she misses a mail saying that she was being asked to leave. She was so horrible to the estate agents. No wonder they didn't want to get her a new place. Such attitude, not very charming. And I know she's angry at the situation, but... Like, they're the people who are going to put you in a home, so maybe you should be a bit nicer to them. So I suppose the only logical option is for her to move in with the Pradas, which Ari did not ask. He didn't want to buy Tane or Nick, which I just thought, I know, that's just where I, I don't really like Ari. I don't, like, there's no kind of, like, tenderness or openness with him. Like, if I was living with two other people and moved in my partner, like, I don't know, you would, I know he's the oldest, and... He knows the others wouldn't say anything, but he kind of, he just told them while she was moving in, which makes things really awkward for Mac. Because in a way, like, they're kind of your in-laws. They're not even just roommates. So I just don't understand why he wouldn't have just given them the heads up, had your own private chats. Because while he thinks he rules the roost, it actually just made things kind of awkward. Mackenzie 
with because Nick wasn't happy about it. Ari seems to have forgotten about Tane's crush on Mac and Mac's admission of her crush on Tane, which myself and a listener, Jen, were talking about during the week. Why isn't there, there's a bit of a mention going like, oh, I thought we were past the Tane stuff. Like, I thought we've moved on. But feelings don't just go away. So, I don't know. And once again, we just see this like back and forth of like, please move in. No, I can't. Please move in. I don't want to make a fuss. Well, you are making a fuss. Anytime anyone says, I don't want to make a fuss, it means they're making a fuss. But they're just kind of trying to make it look as if they're not making a fuss. But they are. But I liked the little reality check that Mac gets from Dean when she tells him that she's moving in with Ari. And <laughs> Dean's like, so you're moving in with the guy you've got the hots for? And she's like, oh, no, no, no. And it turns real sour. And she's like, and, and, and shut up. <laughs> I really did enjoy that. But he was right to tell her, like, look, you're kidding yourself. She kind of did get back with him being like, well, where's Ziggy? So, but just... Yeah, a bit sour about the whole situation. But I'm glad that that's being brought into it because where the hell is Mac's head at? There's like so many weird moments. Like, So she just forgotten about her crush. Like, it's quite clear that through like the dream kiss that Tane has with her and he's avoiding the apartment and asking to be on opposite shifts just so that we don't see each other. Mac seems disappointed. So like, where is her head at? She doesn't seem, she seems really happy with Ari, but she's also has all these kind of weird moments like, okay, it would be a bit awkward if you were going out with the brother and you knew that the other one fancied you. But there's enough weird moments to make it think that Max still is harboring some, some feelings or she's just kind of lusting a little bit. And like, okay, we have the dream sequence. Then we have, and then him walking in on her in the bath and oh, so funny and like, how did Tane not notice? Because there was candles and everything. Would you not be like, why is there candles? Like, there was candles above the toilet and he was just about to unzip. So funny. And like, every basically every resident in the house buying locks for the doors. Like, Mac is such a glamorous lady. Do you think she really wants to live with three big beefcakes? So, I don't know. It's just like this love triangle is evolving in lots of different situations. So, it happened first, just in normal day-to-day. Then it happens on their trip to the Blue Mountains and now they're all shacked up together. I don't know. Like, you know, you always fancy people who you work with she's working with him you might always fancy people who you live with she's now living with him so I, I don't know and like I don't care enough about Ari to want that relationship to stay solid I think like from Mac's point of view Ari is the like more evolved Tane like bad boy gone good getting his life together like a fatherly alpha of the family whereas Tane is more of a loose cannon but who is trying to make himself better and Max a big part of that. Ari is definitely the the wiser choice, but the heart wants what the heart wants, I must say. Speaking of what the heart wants, we have the Rue and Owen situation. So, kicks off with the spate from Marilyn. I would personally love to be pampered by Marilyn. Maybe not for the gossipy chats because it's not very relaxing if you're just gossiping. She was clearly just trying to pump her for info or get her talking. But it worked because Rue kind of came to the conclusion that something is missing and maybe that thing is someone to love. Because Rue hasn't been in a relationship since, I don't think, was it Harvey? That Egypt. They went on some kind of holiday cruise and it all ended terribly. They, they, they Weren't they married? Oh, that was awful. I hated him. She could have done so much better. But while Ryder is taking Owen on this like parade around the town where people like Nick and Irene are meeting him being like, that is Evan. Rue is all these feelings of emptiness and unsettling are kind of swirling around her and 
Marilyn's like, what have you got to lose? Just jump in. One guy died, but why not go get the next best thing? Which kind of pushes Rue into shooing Ryder away at every <laughs> available moment. And even after bolting, as soon as Owen mentions Evan, she later on asks Owen on a date. And I just love it. It's so teenage and awkward. It's like, Rue asks him to go for dinner. Like, cool, yeah. And he's like, but where? And... What time? It's so funny. I just love how nervous she is. I just really want this to work out. Rue deserves a bit of happiness and he's so not annoying. And despite their height difference, I think it could really work. Like, he is a full Rue height taller than her. It's it's so funny. They're going to have to film all their scenes sitting down because he couldn't actually bend down to kiss her. He'd have to literally go full right angle. And... When she shows up for the date, she's like drinking wine. Ryder's like, what are you doing here? And I really thought he was going to be a no-show. So thankfully he shows up. But the date fashion, what relaxed hippie vibes they were both wearing. That was hilarious. But I'm glad they're starting to get closer now. And hopefully this is turning into something. Because we need Rue to get a man. Oh. It's another story over at the Morgan household with just some, you know, light emotional blackmailing. So the the kind of the realities of Justin's decision to not get the surgery are setting in, i.e. I can't go surfing. So, and Tori's r- radical move of asking Ava to come and visit, the realities of that are setting in as well. Their fight was so intense, very passionate. And Justin, the crackles in his voice, that was very good. Like that was, you could really feel how annoyed he was and Tori's going from the extreme being like I just visited Robbo's grave do you want that for Ava so when Justin said I can't actually look at you right now yeah I think you're right there Justin Janie and Leah sorry Leah did such a good job refereeing the two of them kind of sticking up for Tori saying that like look she's terrified and when she was in the coma you did everything you could to help her and like she's doing the same thing for you but I suppose Justin's like well I should be the one to decide when I tell my own daughter and this is emotional blackmail so yes fair then Leah to Tori is like you cannot use Ava as like a pawn into getting what you want and you have to phone Nina to postpone because like Tori does love a rogue move and especially when she's terrified in her bid to get Grace. Robbo said he didn't want her to use their embryo and she went and did it anyway. So when she's desperate, she really does what she wants and just kind of deals with consequences. But I can understand. I'm glad they um, patch things up because after John talks to Tori about what Jet was facing with his wheelchair, she can kind of see from Justin's point of view why he might be resisting. And... I can understand though because Tori's like I've lost mum, dad, Mason and Robbo. I can't lose somebody else and her and Justin really rely upon one another so you can understand why she's acting like this but it should have been Justin's decision when he should tell his daughter. And now with Ava coming it just adds this massive stress so they're clambering to decide what to do and how to tell her and it's hard because he's in so much pain he's knocking back so many painkillers that cannot be good for you you can't live like that like he'll definitely develop some kind of like painkiller addiction if he decides not to have the surgery and poor Ava I just feel really sorry for her and I really love how they kept the same actress that's great she's gotten so tall she's real like tweeny now or teeny actually and he can't just blame his arm like he had severe acid burns on his arm so like I'm sorry your dad can't play football he is actually injured I was terribly sad at the end of the week then when he was listening over the monitor and like is dad okay and so I think he does have to tell her I suppose 
Well, thanks to Tori. Now on to the minefield that is Dean and Ziggy's relationship. So Ziggy has now admitted that she's like, I'm putting distance between us for a reason. You've got so much going on and so much to deal with and nothing's changed. And like having all these curfew dinners and just hanging out, but like she's holding her kind of intimacy away from Dean. In a way, I think punishing him because he's just found out he's a dad. Why can't he just be excited about getting to know Jai? Look, they'll deal with Amber. We know she's a bit of a loose cannon, but deal with it together rather than making it all about yourself, Ziggy. Now, it is a perfect distraction from the whole Ross murder thing. So I suppose that's a good thing. She thinks she's helping, but she's not. And I'm glad Mac encouraged Dean to to talk to her by saying, like, if you want change, you have to be honest. And, like, you've done so much for Ziggy, the least she can do is bloody return it. Seems so obvious. But anyway, Dean says to Ziggy, like, I want you home and I want my kid in my life. How do we make that happen? By just living? I don't know. But anyway... And I just don't, I really don't get Ziggy's points. I really just think she's completely, again, trying not to make a fuss, but really making a fuss and really making it all about her. It's like, your life's going to be so different now and where do I fit in? There's the crux. Okay, yes, it's up to Amber and Jai. But so all Ziggy really wanted Dean to do was just talk to Amber. And rather than saying, I'm creating distance between us for a reason and like being really vague and cryptic all you really wanted to say was we can't plan our life until you figure out yours that's really the crux of it so anyway I do appreciate while Colby has been a bit MIA they him and Ziggy did have a good chat and her saying like how can I be so annoyed by the mother and he's like oh do you have a problem with Amber no 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 I don't Mm, you clearly do and it keeps being asked, are you jealous of Amber? And, like, and when Colby says, he's just trying to get to know Jai, like, what's your problem? She's like, oh, am I overreacting? Yes, you're overreacting. Yes, you are. I don't understand why you had to move out in order to get Dean to just have a conversation with Amber. Very strange. And just sidebar, I love when Tane finds out that Amber has a kid and is like, yeah, what do you got to say about it? And he's like, congrats. I do think that Dean and Tane would make for some good pals, better than Dean and Ari. I know they're prison pals, but like, I feel like there's a friendship could have blossomed there. But anyway, I don't think Dean has time for any more friends. Anyway, even though Amber is being super vague and elusive, she's using a lot of language like our child and like, where do I fit into this family picture? And when Dean can't, can't answer, she's like, oh, I better get, get Jai home. And she uses Jai as bait. It's like, I'll think about it. And it's just kind of like when she's hitting on him and she doesn't get what she wants, she takes Jai away. And it's just... Uh, more emotional blackmail. I do feel sorry for Dean and he's in this this impossible situation and he's like, I've got such big things going on and nobody's taking it seriously and he's so right. So I'm glad Willow is really looking out for him and when she says to Amber, like, don't take advantage of Dean, like, you know, all he does is want to get to know Jai, stop doing this. I'm glad that helps her see sense and she stops the creeping and lets Dean step up. So I'm excited to meet, see more of baby Jai. He's V-cute. And hopefully now this will pave the way for more just father-son time between Dean and Jai. <laughs> All right. 
Alrighty, that about wraps it up for me this week. If you like what you hear, I would love if you could subscribe, rate and or review if you have a sec, but zero pressure. If you want to get in touch, you can email summerbayspodcast at gmail.com. We can have some fan chats. And don't forget about the no spoilers. Just try for one week and see. Just don't look at the episode descriptions. Don't look at what's coming up tomorrow on Home and Away. It's a total game changer and it's totally worth it. G'day and I'll talk to you next week. Bye.